0: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode brought to you by Progressive.
1: Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of 7 discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next
0: will last forever. The Stanley Cup final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, guys, check this out. I'm so excited to share this with you. We've been working on it for a long time, and we've got two incredibly special events coming your way. I can't believe this is real, but we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of one of the most important pay-per-views in history. One of my personal favorite pay-per-views in history. Of course, I'm talking about barely legal 1997 ECW's very first pay-per-view Paul Heyman convinced the boys and us, the fans that this was the dance. And finally, we were going to see Taz and Sabu. Boy, they built that match for what felt like years. And now they're finally going to hook it up only on pay-per-view. And I can't believe this is real. Buddy, the 16-year-old in me is so excited for this. We're going to have Taz and Sabu do a watch-along of that match and take your questions about Barely Legal 1997. What was going on in front of the camera, but more importantly... What did we not see behind the camera? These guys have never done this before, but they're going to do it together with us on April 14th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And yes, you can be there. Yes, you can ask questions. It's all happening at adfreeshows.com. But buddy, before that, do we have something special in store? I'm talking April 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Mark your calendars down. The nature boy. That's right. Ric Flair is going to join us live as we watch back his classic WrestleMania 8 title match. It's Ric Flair, the Macho Man. It's for the world title, and it's 30 years this year. Can you believe it? It's been 30 years since WrestleMania 1992, and we are going to talk about what could have been with WrestleMania 8. I think everybody expected it to be Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Instead, it was the Macho Man. And what a match it was. By the way, these are both happening at adfreeshows.com. A $29 level membership on adfreeshows.com gets you a seat for not one, but both events, along with the access to all the content on the site, or become a Top Guy member to come up and ask your questions live with Taz, Sabu, and yes, the Nature Boy. That's two can't miss events in April at adfreeshows.com. That's the only place you can do this. Check it out if you haven't already adfreeshows.com you don't want to miss this you know I get the question all the time Conrad I know you help people save money and you help people refinance but could you actually help me buy a house yeah buddy come on now buywithconrad.com is your hookup and let me give you a heads up You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely and you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready, or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payments you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be 100%, pal. You know you can do better than 100% interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house if you already have a house but you think, you know what, it's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com, B-U-Y with conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, and be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. Welcome to something to wrestle
2: with. Welcome to wrestle with. Brutal. 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 Well, you know. That's not a rib. She put it. He it. Let it rip. No, yeah, but me. There's no box of gimmicks. <laughs> rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. And Was he there? I was there. Say like something, Bob. My... I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, ain't I ain't scared of shit. I ain't scared of shit. Fuck him. You, Bruce. Ah, the cheese. cheeseburger. You take the bread. Double
0: Egg, They're on your Google machine. God damn, it, kid. God damn it. What the hell show you got there? I need more. Oh no. yeah. What say you? Ron now, And
2: now, something to wrestle with. Gone Bruce Richard. Eek the second most recognized athlete in the entire world
0: today. Oh. Gone Red, old say. About that. Well, hey, man, tell me, uh, right? yeah, my shorts are good so tonight. Yeah, so good. Yeah, that's good. Welcome to wrestle, man. Girl, title, man. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with bruce pritchard bruce what's going on man how are you just another day in paradise by god fluffy is a happy duck man i'm so excited to be here with you i can't believe it it is wrestlemania season and here we are talking about one of the biggest wrestlemanias of all time happened 20 years ago i can't believe it went down march 17th 2002 the world famous we're
2: late wait a minute we're late
0: Is that a surprise to you? Stop it. Just shut up. (laughs) up
2: How's that? Is that
0: better? I'll shut up my face. Yeah. Shut up your face. Hey man, WrestleMania 18. Kylie. What an iconic show. It really is a great show top to bottom. But when people think about this show, man, you hear that phrase all the time. This was a one match show. Not in meaning that there wasn't anything else good on the show, but golly, everything else just paled in comparison. We're still talking about Hogan rock 20 years later, dude. Are we? I think so. Like I, I I'm friends with a, a, a few of the bowies and they say, Hey man, that's Ain't the greatest the Bowie? that's the greatest match I, of all time. I, and and, and I would so say, good. I don't know about that. But I think the star of the match, don't get me wrong. What Hogan did was tremendous. What rock did was tremendous. But what
2: I did was the star.
0: Well, I was going to say the crowd, my God. I mean, wouldn't you love to have a crowd like that every single Monday, every single Friday, that was like a dream scenario with that crowd response. Was it not?
2: Well, you know, tell you Toronto has always been one of those markets that you did. They didn't disappoint. They were into everything, and uh, one of the reasons why I think that WrestleMania was a great <laughs> it was a great event to hold in Toronto because the the audience was just so into it. It was like every event. They were just so happy to have in their market in their town, and they showed it in their response every single time.
0: Such a phenomenal event. Uh, we're coming off of No Way Out 2002. It featured the NWO of Hollywood. Hey, Conrad, Conrad. Yes,
2: yes Conrad. Sir. I got your email.
0: Oh, it's good. okay now. I'm glad to hear it. Got it. Bruce is figuring out technology, boys and girls. He's oh, a big boy. It takes a while to come from a- Abilama up here to, you know, where, it's, where things move fast.
2: Don't even think act. think got not, hung up in Abilama uh, internet
0: world of the internet Eligible items only exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. So as you're listening to this tomorrow, I'm headed out of town with my family. It's spring break here in Alabama and I am pumped. I'm ready for a break. I'm ready for some rest and relaxation, but oh yeah, I got to pack one extra bag this time. You see last spring break, I didn't know anything about chili sleep, but I do this year and I'm fired up buddy. This has been an absolute game changer in my life. I actually travel with a chilly sleep now. And I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. What is that real? Yes. I've got one on my bed right now. Uh, It's cold on my side, a little warmer on Megan's side because she can control her temperature on her side too. Now me, I have to travel with it. I don't want to go down there and be in like a dream vacation and I'm on the beach and it's awesome, but I'm tossing and turning and not comfortable. No, no. I want to get the best sleep of my life. And to do that. I need chilly sleep. You see, science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering your core body temperature. And I got to be honest, I've known that for years. I would crank down the AC to make sure that it was cold in my house. When I went to bed, Eric Bischoff visited a few years ago and said it was so cold. You could hang meat in here at night, but I knew I slept better when it was cold. Well, it turns out I was right. Temperature controlled sleep repairs your muscles after a hard day's work. And it improves your cognitive function. So you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. And hey, man, let's just be straight. I'm not a bodybuilder. You know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to be productive during the day. I want to be at my best during the day. I want to go win the day. And if you're a salesperson or maybe you're not, but you just know that your performance matters during the day, buddy, Chili Sleep is for you. Chili Sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions. They can help you improve your entire well-being. And I really mean that. I feel better than ever right now. And I give 100% of the credit to that, to Chili Sleep. You see Chili Sleep makes the Uller. that's what I have, and the Cube Sleep System. Either way, we're talking hydropower, temperature-controlled mattress toppers. These dudes fit over your existing mattress, and that gives you your ideal sleep temperature. Like I said earlier, I like mine a little cooler than my wife, so she doesn't have to freeze to death. I don't have to crank down the AC. See, that's what I was doing before now when I crank down the AC, man, my closets are cold. My kitchen's cold. My laundry room's cold. My dining room's cold. I don't need any of that. I need my bed to be cold. And now it is. But Megan, she wants it a little warmer on her side. I get that. So she adjusts her side. How about that? These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. But check this out. You get an app on your phone that you download, you sync it up to your unit, and it works like a remote control. I'm not kidding. I can actually raise or lower the temperature on demand whenever I want. I can even automate it to where it starts getting cool at a certain certain time at night, and then it warms me up to wake me up. You can set a schedule like that. You can just set it and forget it. Here's my question for you. Can you imagine waking up and not feeling tired? Chili sleep can make that happen. And by the way, they also make the chili blanket. It's the only weighted blanket that can be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat, free sleep guys. I believe in this so well that I bought another one and I'm carrying it with me on vacation. I, it's almost like a a credit card back in the day. I won't leave home without it. Well, I won't travel without it. Seriously. We went to the woods for the super bowl. I took chili sleep. Now we're headed for spring break. I'm taking chili sleep. If I'm sleeping there, I'm using chili sleep. I just feel better. I feel more productive and I've tried it without it, man. I don't want to go back. I was miserable the next day. I felt like I had like that late two afternoon uh, after lunch crash. I never feel that way when I have chilly sleep and you know what else I'm dreaming like vivid, colorful dreams. And buddy, if it sounds like I'm selling this hard, you should try being my friends. I've got my parents, this Casio kids using it. Our gimmick attorneys using it. Scott, our hotel guys using it. Everyone I know hears me talk ad nauseum about Chili Sleep because I believe in it. And I believe that you'll love it. So head on over to chilisleep.com forward slash wrestle to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new Cube or Uller sleep system. Now this is available exclusively for something to wrestle with listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I sleep.com slash wrestle to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that Chili Sleep's been a long time advertiser, but I want to mention this is important. This is the best offer they've ever had. 30% off right now. Just go look at it. It costs nothing to look, but I had everybody in my life take a look and 100% of them absolutely love it. You will too. ChiliSleep.com forward slash wrestle. I'm more productive. I feel better. And it's all thanks to Chili Sleep. Go hook it up right now. ChiliSleep.com Forward slash wrestle, you know I, I'm not gonna sit here and let you disparage the good goddamn name of of Alabama because the reality is you know I love that Alabama you know this and I know this
2: big wheels keep on turning
0: you'd rather live down here and live me up home there to
2: see my kin singing songs about Southland yeah uh-huh that's right. Seen home, Alabama.
0: Do you know, do you know, uh, can you name five Alabama songs? Like not songs about Alabama, but from the band, Alabama,
2: uh, mountain, mountain, mountain,
0: man, mountain music. I'll give you credit for that.
2: Um, well, there's that one.
0: All right. There we go.
2: Um, can you name five songs about from Kansas?
0: Oh yeah. Carry on my wayward son, uh, dust in the wind. All right. That's all I got. Okay. Well, see, that was, uh, in,
2: you know, that, that was an inside, that was an inside, that, inside baseball. That, is that was like, inside. not just inside baseball. That was inside, inside baseball.
0: Hey, let's talk about that one. some inside baseball. The NWO comes back. Watch it. No way out. 2002. Before we go any further, we haven't had a chance you and I to catch up here on the show and talk about, boy, the untimely passing of the bad guy. Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, what an influential character, what a tremendous run he had. I mean, his influence will live on for a long, long time, not just because of Razor Ramon, not just because of the NWO, but the way he helped all the performers around him and man, what an outpouring he's received. Can you share any memories with us or what would you like to share with our audience today? About Scott Hall. First of all, my
2: condolences to, to his family. I think that sometimes Scott has been the subject of, you know, negative. I think that sometimes the negative outweighs the good in some people's eyes, but that's not always the case. The negative is just what people want to hear a lot of times and what they dwell on. And what is forgotten in that is the human being behind that character behind the character that is in the public eye. And Scott Hall was someone that, as you say, the outpouring has been tremendous because when you whittle it all down, Scott Hall, one of the most influential talents in the modern era, but behind the scenes, Scott was one of the boys that took care of the boys. And I'll I'll give you a story. My brother, was working in Germany for Otto Vons and big Scott Hall. That was his gimmick, big, big Scott Hall. (laughs) Because people also forget how big Scott actually was. Scott was a big man. And Tom was working with this guy by the name of Steve Wright, I believe, was his name, Uh, tough, tough guy. And Beating the hell out of Tom. They they did rounds and they like had like team things where they had guys in their corners and they did round matches and Tom's just getting his head handed to him. Goes back in between rounds in the corner and Scott's like, Hey man, you need to go back in there. Just knock the shit out of this guy. Fuck him. He's going to keep hitting you until you hit him back. Knock him on his ass. Fuck him. He wants to shoot, shoot. Tom went back in in the second round and fired some live rounds back. And all of a sudden they started working together. And, you know, Scott was that way. Scott had his back, but Scott was there to tell him. And I think there's a lot of stories like that of Scott taking, you know, younger talent. People look at the one, two, three kid. Hey man, the one, two, three kid wouldn't have been made if it wasn't for Scott Hall. He could have had all the matches in the world. If he didn't have Scott Hall to put him over the way that Scott Hall did in that story, then, you know, wouldn't have happened. And just in general, it was always one of those faces that you could see backstage that can make you smile. Whether Scott was in a good mood or a bad mood, he made you smile. Because if he was in a good mood, he'd say some smart ass funny thing. And if he was in a bad mood, he would be grumpy and say some smart ass thing that would just make you smile because he was grumpy. So um you know, much uh, much love to Scott Hall, my condolences to the family. We lost we lost a great one in, in Scott Hall and that uh those are just spitting facts, by God, but a, a wonderful guy and a wonderful contributor to our business that will never, ever, ever be forgotten.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: This year, it's time to get off the couch and get back into the bedroom. Blue Chew can help. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. And when you feel confident, you're at your best. Especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night. So you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And guys, I've heard the lady say there's nothing sexier than confidence. Well, Blue Chew can help give you that confidence you need where it counts. And if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code wrestle at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is Wrestle to receive your first month free visit blue for more details and important safety information. And we thank blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. You know, I had a conversation recently with, uh, Jake and DDP, and we were talking about the NWO and Scott Hall and his impact. And, and, and I made the argument and I really do believe this. I don't know. The NWO would have worked as well if it started with anyone other than Scott. Like when people talked about Scott in past tense this past week for the first time ever, they used one word more than any other cool. And I think the success of the NWO as a brand, as a t-shirt, as a piece of merch, as an angle, it really centered around being cool. And I'm not saying this to be dismissive or ugly or rude, but at the time, Hulk Hogan was, well, not exactly that cool but the association with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and this new look and an angle and attitude and t-shirt and presentation, it was cool, but it took one guy who was able, who was able to just ooze that machismo and that cool to, to be able to do it. I think if you switched out almost anyone else, it doesn't work as well. The NWO, would you agree with that? I agree that Scott Hall without a doubt was, you know, Scott and Kevin were,
2: Were key to that because they just come off of WWE TV and Scott was able to portray that character as right off of our TV and being, being the shit and being as though he represented everything that he had just come from. So yeah, I, I think he was an extraordinary performer.
0: Well, let's jump back into it. We discussed no way out in the archives. Be sure to check that out. Uh, but the raw after no way out, And that show in particular is focused on two things, setting up Hogan versus rock and getting triple H his win back over Kurt angle to regain his title shot against Chris Jericho. Now that show goes down in Chicago and Dave Meltzer would write quote for generations of fans in different eras. They all have their moment. Hulk Hogan put on the best mic performance of his career while going back and forth with the rock to set up the main event at WrestleMania. What had at first seemed like a huge match on paper for the biggest show of the year suddenly became a dream match transcending generations as the two went verbally toe-to-toe before an entranced crowd in Chicago. Uh, Bruce, these two cutting a promo on each other is probably the best promo battle in the history of the company, at least up to this point. Uh, Meltzer called it a main event early on in the build. Obviously, you guys are thinking about you know, two absolute transcendent stars here being in the ring together. That feels like as the old cliche goes, a main event anywhere in the country. But was there ever consideration going in? Hey, what if rock and Hogan closed the show or did Vince feel, man, the title has to go on last.
2: No, there was never any consideration for this to close the show. It was an excellent attraction. And it was one of those once in a lifetime you know, events that, uh, was going to be a huge moment in WrestleMania. But I don't think that anyone thought that it was going to close. No.
0: When they're in the ring together in Chicago, you could just feel the electricity. I wasn't there. I felt it through the TV screen. They're in the building that day. Is that a goosebump moment? Are you and Vince looking at each other in gorilla? Like, holy shit. What do we got here?
2: I was in the audience. I I went out, stood in the audience for the entrances. I stood in the audience for the beginning of the match and just literally right in the middle of the audience. And I think I was with Brian, maybe some other folks, but I I definitely remember looking at Brian going, did they know who the heel and baby face was supposed to be in this match? uh, Hey, like yelling at people going, Hey, wrong guy. No, cheer him you know, and it was, but it was interesting. It was right before your very eyes. And it was a magical, intense moment, goosebumps all the way, sustained goosebumps all the way, because it was just a feeling of greatness in the air, if you will.
0: I I, I wanted to spend a, a little bit of time talking about this because it does feel super interesting that, you know. Not too long before this, whether it was a month before or a week before there was a lot of chatter that boy, that the WWE locker room was sort of looking around like, man, do we really want to bring these guys in? But even when Vince sought the counsel of people who were on the inner circle, there were a lot of folks who said, I don't know about this. Now to see this response from Hogan and rock Vince has to feel like. Holy shit. This was the right call, right? Look at this.
2: Well, I think that it was the right call for this particular match and, and this particular matchup itself. I, I think that you're kind of mixing two things and that was this match. Great. Absolutely. It was, was it always the best thing to bring all three of those guys in? Maybe, maybe not. Oh, oh shit. Hey, Conrad, the, what the train's coming through.
0: Oh, are, are you okay?
2: Yeah, that. no, it's just that that morning train comes through or right 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 behind
0: here. Oh, darn. Each morning. So, after the promo battle, well, it gets a little silly. Hall Nash and Hogan attack Rock and send him off in an ambulance.
2: And Bastards.
0: Then, and then of course, Hogan drives a forklift into it. Um It's
2: not what he did.
0: Oh, it was an 18-wheeler, it was a big rig. Yeah. Uh the 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 observer said mm-hmm. this. Say that was kinda like the here you
2: know what he sounded the horn before. Remember that? <laughs>
0: Can I just tell you that you're gross?
2: Why am I gross?
0: Well, first of all, um uh, you're in a bathrobe and you've got a punky brewster haircut today. Bedhead Jones. Okay, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning to do this. And you're blowing your nose. Like, uh, you've had a rough night out. No, that's just cause I had boogies in my nose. How do you make a tissue dance? How do you make know. a tissue dance? I don't know. You put a little boogie in it. And you're dancing over there that, I, you know, I'm not dancing. This is you not, were this, dancing. Not we were a dancing
2: just a minute ago. You video wait
0: action. one day. We'll have video I don't know if you missed it, but we are doing something special in Dallas. It's happening on April fool's day, but you would have to be a fool to miss this opportunity. We've got William Regal on stage with a live mic. That's right. You're going to hear from him for the very first time about what really happened and so much more. Plus the elusive, the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy with a live mic in his hand to tell his story as only he can. And they're going to be joining myself, Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. It's super show time. And you can pick up your tickets at SuperShowLive.com. It's all going down Friday night, April 1st in Dallas. And if you can't make plans to join us there in person at SuperShowLive.com, pre-order the pay-per-view fight is doing this pay-per-view for us and it's on demand everywhere in the country, but don't forget when you pre-order, you get that awesome Jeff Hardy trading card. I don't think Jeff Hardy's had a trading card that wasn't TNA or WWE specific. This is going to be very collectible. It's worth more than the pay-per-view, but you need to hurry and pre-order right now at supershowlive.com. But boy, the real value is joining us in Dallas. Supershowlive.com. We've got an unbelievable happy hour. You'll get to get pictures and autographs with Jeff Hardy, with Eric Bischoff, with William Regal, and of course, with Double J, Jeff Jarrett. All before the doors open, you get the best seat in the house and you get to hear stories we've never told on the podcast. You can't find a better deal around than super show live.com. Seriously, price out meet and greets all you want. You add up Jeff Jarrett, you add in Eric Bischoff, you slide William Regal in there. And oh, how about a little Jeff Hardy sprinkle on top? buddy it's the best value around it's supershowlive.com make plans to join us Friday April 1st in Dallas Texas that's supershowlive.com and if you can't be there pre-order the dog on pay-per-view you'll be glad you did that trading card is going up 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 at supershowlive.com by now you know that everything is crazy overseas and well that's created some volatility in the market we actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention, this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity, just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30-year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it. As a heads up, what would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that, it was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments, whoop, they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate. But if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated, what if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves, and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over 1,000 verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with 1,000 reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's saved with Conrad.com NMLS number six, five, zero eight, four equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's saved with Conrad.com. All right. So it wasn't needed. This is according to Meltzer as the mic work had already sold the match better than anything possibly could have done, but maybe it was felt it was needed to do something spectacular for the NWO's first television appearance. That was maybe lacking at the pay-per-view the night before as well as to try to give raw, maybe more of a less predictable edge. We had first heard of the forklift destroying the ambulance plan about a week back, but it seemed to be geared towards happening at WrestleMania or raw the day after where Hogan would put rock over, but the NWO would use that to get their heat back. That timing would have been better anyway, because they would need a big follow-up angle and could keep rock off TV for several weeks to make it mean something rather than to have him rush back only four weeks between pay-per-view shows. So I kind of agree with Meltzer. The promo was enough for me. I didn't need the angle. Did you feel like that was too much of the good stuff to have Hogan use the, uh, the big rig there?
2: No, I think that it was just adding another layer to the story.
0: We should also add, I think in reality, behind the scenes, the rock needed to be off a couple of weeks to do scorpion King promotional work. So there's probably, we're probably trying to kill two birds with one stone. Let's get the NWO over strong and let them send a strong message. You know, let's do something pretty spectacular for raw, but also too, we've got to have something for the rock to have an explained absence, right?
2: That helps. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's for, for rock to be gone. People needed to, to be able to understand why and give that credit, give that credit to Hulk.
0: So we know now it's going to be Austin rock uh, or, or, um, Austin hall. And I think a lot of people who are listening to this want to know why hall and why not Nash Was it odd to bring in Nash and really just have him there to be a corner man for Scott? What can you tell us about? I mean, you just assume, you know, if you go back to the the beginning of the NWO, it's hard to imagine Hall and Nash being separate first of all, but then maybe everybody's got a match, but Nash, I don't know. That feels like he's the odd man out. How did Kevin feel about that? How did you guys sort of break that out? All right, here's our plan. Well, there's not one. You're just going to kind of be there.
2: Well, he wasn't there. He was in Scott's Corner and he was a part of the NWO. So it was kind of a package where you saw one, you saw all three, and you kind of knew that he was going to be involved no matter what you did. You know, who was wrestling the match in many ways was kind of insignificant.
0: So it's written in the Observer that Nash and Hall had a bit of heat on them coming off No Way Out. Quote, Hall and Nash spent two days in Cincinnati earlier in the week in what appeared to be a political move. Some of the talent was upset at raw when they arrived late and in a limo, even rock and Austin don't get the limo treatment. Their side of the story is that they were asked to arrive at 11 AM for the pay-per-view to meet with the creative team about the roles in the show. The team never arrived until 1230. They were upset feeling it was a rib to test them. And as a result for Raw, they were asked to arrive at 11 AM and instead they showed up at 2 PM. Boy, this is not exactly the best foot forward. Do you remember this?
2: Not particularly, but I'm sure if they were asked to be there at 11 to meet with creative, and I don't know, uh, what that would have been, that people would have been there on time. And when you look back at the history of tardiness and people being on time and not being on time, I think that, uh, not being on time might lean in the favor of the NWO guys.
0: Well, no argument there. Um, there is a rumor that occasionally the chairman has been known to, well, not always be exactly on time. He's juggling. Never. The... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You can
2: set your clock by him.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, if, you,
2: if you want your clock to run, you know,
0: really, really fast. Let's talk about some hypotheticals. Uh, hypothetical was Austin and angle ever considered as a backup plan because they they had been working, you know, pretty consistently prior to this. And, and boy, there's, that seems like a logical pivot to me. If for some reason the Scott thing didn't work out, the NWO didn't come in. Scott wasn't happy. Steve wasn't happy.
2: I mean, look, Hey, sure. Anything can be a pivot. Anything can be a what if, but if you do your, do your business on, okay, what if we do this? What if we do that? And then, and everything is predicated on something screwing up. That's a. It's a tough way to do business. And at some point you got to pick them and go.
0: Something I had no idea about, uh, Kurt said on his podcast, the Kurt angle show that he remembers there being at least some talk of, Hey, what if we got Kurt angle versus sting at this show at WrestleMania 18, do you remember having even preliminary discussions about bringing sting in?
2: Every once in a while, there was a conversation about. Is Sting's contract or what's Sting doing? But serious conversation at this
0: point? No. So we're still gearing up for the brand split. That may have been Kurt just talking to himself in his hotel one night. Not, you're just being mean this no, morning. No,
2: I'm not being mean. I'm just saying that that may have been just Kurt. Hoping you know, he could get Sting. people and people saying, oh, hey, man. Goddamn, if Sting was available, wouldn't it be great to work with Sting? Oh, I'd love to work with Sting.
0: Yeah. And that's it. So... We're gearing up for the brand split and it feels like going into mania. You've at least got to have a plan coming out of it for the brand split. I mean, well, we we haven't, (laughs) I love you for that. We've heard a lot of times. And then what in wrestling, the idea being, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and then where do we go from there? Uh, So I just wanted to ask as far as this brand split, how paramount is this in your mind as far as, Hey, what are we going to do with this coming out of mania?
2: Well, I think that more than anything, as far as brand split goes, it gives you the, the thought process of, well, we're going into Browns, a brand split. So we can never have this match again, at least
0: for a year. I got you. So get it out of the way now.
2: Yeah. It opens up doors and it gives you a, it gives you a built-in excuse. Well, if we do the brand split, you know, we're not going to get that. Mm. And It created a sense of urgency almost. Yes. And you also created a sense of now you got to get creative on the other side of this for this to possibly work.
0: Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance yet. We never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath Life is life insurance in your hands, on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com. Undertaker's on Raw, and he's going to begin his push for a match against Ric Flair by challenging him to a match at Mania. Is this something that... Flair requested undertaker requested. I mean, I think the, the legend is undertaker said, I want to work with flair. Is that the way you remember it? That
2: is the way it was. Yeah. Undertaker wanted to work with Rick Flair bad.
0: So in your opinion or in Vince's opinion, was Rick ready for that type of match? I mean, wrestling Vince in a no holds barred match at the rumble feels a lot different than we're going to wrestle the undertaker at WrestleMania.
2: Rick wasn't, you know, Rick wasn't ready for it. And I think if you were to ask Rick, I think Rick had a lot of self-doubt as to whether or not he could perform at a WrestleMania level with the Undertaker. I think that Rick was the only one that had that doubt as Taker was confident that it would be a great match and and everyone around knew, Rick, get your confidence back, man. You've got this and you're in there with Undertaker. He's going to make sure that you look like a million bucks which he did and Rick has always been able to step up to the occasion and deliver, he may have self doubt going in, but once Rick walks out through that arena, whether he's wearing a suit or a robe, it clicks in. He, it's just, he doesn't think about what he does. He feels
0: what he does. Kane and Kurt angle set their program, uh, started at the next SmackDown, um, Is is this, is this more of a case of, Hey, we got two big stars here. We need them to do something and we don't really have a plan. So hey let's just put something here with these guys. It doesn't feel like that's like, I don't know, a long thought out, drawn out storyline. It's almost, all right, we got these two big stars. Let's throw them together.
2: Well, they were big stars and create a, you create a story out of it. You want, you want big stars to be involved in stories. And sometimes just by putting people together, you can create a story out of that.
0: That's a valuable lesson. Uh, Austin ends up kidnapping hall on SmackDown. You can hear more about that in our NWO episode at the archive. Is it hard for you to craft creative that you think hall and Austin would like? I mean, we know that hall at different times in his career was pretty vocal when he liked this thing or that thing. And Lord, we know that Austin had some strong opinions. Was it hard to try to, all right, let's put something together that we think Vince will like and Austin will like and hall will like. That feels like a tough task, Bruce.
2: It is a tough task. You know, unfortunately, what, what happened here is that Vince had a vision in his mind and talent had visions in their mind, trying to get everybody to come together at the same time. It it just created a lot of, um, a drain on, on Vince's time to have to be involved as much as he was to get it to the place we needed to get to WrestleMania
0: I know we talked a little bit about this before, uh, not too, not too long ago about razor Ramon and Scott hall, but in hindsight, and I I understand we're going with the NWO here. Do you think it would have been a better setup or situation if Scott hall was using the razor persona here, meaning stone cold, Steve Austin versus razor Ramon, as opposed to stone cold, Steve Austin versus Scott hall.
2: I think so. Because I look for me, I always, Loved the Razor character. Yes. I thought the Razor character was one of the best characters ever created and that Scott pulled it off to a T. The Razor character was loved universally. Now, love to love or love to hate, but the Razor character itself was loved. When people got Scott Hall, it was just a guy. Mm-hmm. And that guy was very talented and that guy in the NWO worked, but I think that Razor had more depth to him
0: personally. So Billy and Chuck win the tag titles for Taz and spike to begin their build to their match at mania against the APA with all this talent. It doesn't feel as if the tag division is exactly at its strongest here. In my opinion, would you agree with that?
2: I think that it was as good as it could be at the time. You know, it, it's, It's funny when, when people talk about the tag team division and, and what have you, um, there've been great tag teams in the time and and it's kind of like the business sometimes it just cycles through that you, you don't have established tag teams and you try to create some from within. And that's what this
0: was. So Jericho and Stephanie are going to come together now to combat Hunter Hearst, Helmsley or triple H's. Yeah.
2: Right now, do, do, do. over me, diddly-doo, bum,
0: bum, bum, bum,
2: Did, diddly-doo.
0: And now you're dancing.
2: He told you in football he got, monkey finger he shoot, Coca-Cola he got. yeah. anyway
0: yeah. I love when you get a phone message, it's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> I'm singing my stupid shit, but... Oh, uh, what's Vince need? Let me see what that. Oh yeah. it's fun for me. All right. So Jericho has got a quest to uh, defend his title. Stephanie's trying to gain revenge on her husband who left her at the altar. Jericho and Stephanie together. Considering all the promos that we heard with these two leading up to this before they got together. I don't know that anybody would have called it swerve, bro. Maybe that's why it made sense. Was Stephanie overshadowing Jericho a little bit?
2: Maybe, you know, Stephanie's a strong character and you better be able to step up to it and she, she may have a little bit. I think that the emphasis here was to try and get Chris over and to try and get Chris in that spotlight and with that strong of a counterpart in Steph. You know, maybe she was
0: it's, uh, you know, it feels like it could, I guess I'm trying to figure out, could they have had a top program without her or did, I mean, clearly somebody felt like goddamn pal, we got to have Stephanie involved. Just talk me through that. Could it have worked without Stephanie? I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Stephanie as a television character, but it felt like the association somehow when she's with Hunter, it worked. I don't know why that is, but when she's with Jericho, it almost feels like he's having to compete a little bit with, with his own side, as opposed to against Hunter, I don't know. It it felt like an odd pairing to me then. And now Yeah, to me, I think it enhanced the story tremendously. So, um, It's reported in the observer that Scott Steiner had issues with his physical with Dr. James Andrews, and he's not going to be signed. We know eventually he does come in, but how big of a disappointment was this for you? Because I know you were, you were high on Scotty for a long, long time. And I can't help, but wonder, Hey, if this would have worked out timing wise, would he have done something at WrestleMania here at at, at 18?
2: I don't think anybody was excited about it because we still hadn't gone through all the process to see whether he was even able to come in at the time. So you have to temper your expectations you have to temper your expectations until you get a clean bill of health, medical, um, whole nine
0: yards. So three weeks out from mania, the show is completely sold out. Three point nine, six million dollars at the gate that broke the record from the year prior at WrestleMania 17 in Houston. Now the ratings haven't improved with the NWO debuting, but boy, the gate is super strong. Is that more based on the card or just the brand of WrestleMania at this point, in your opinion?
2: I think it's a brand overall. And I think that it was timing, you know, things were churning, things were churning were and things were hot at this time.
0: So Christian attempts to retire on raw to Arn Anderson, but DDP came out and requested him to join him under his wing. What's the story here, Bruce, you've got one of the bigger stars in DDP from the WCW side of things, and we're trying to get him some traction and maybe there's some less than awesome moments that got us to this point, but now he's going to have Christian under his wing. Chat me up about this idea.
2: Well, at this point, I I think it was just trying anything to get people to embrace DDP and, and care. And I don't think that our audience was, was that into DDP and trying to, to stack the deck, if you will, to steal a term from brother, um, just to get, you know, give him something else, man, give him something else to cling on to.
0: Well, you say that, but I've always wondered. And I don't argue with it, that it it, DDP and WWE didn't work, but I don't know as much that I believe that that was a DDP issue as it perhaps was a creative issue. I just thought that undertaker DDP thing was, I don't know, but would you, would you disagree with that?
2: Yeah, but I also don't think that it was, you know, it was embracement of a gimmick versus not an embracement of a gimmick. I, I think that when you look at. You can look at it both ways. Ted DiBiase in WCW, did that work? No. Okay. But Ted DiBiase was probably one of the biggest, if not, uh, you know, ever in, in WWE as a million dollar man.
0: What do you think that is, though? I mean, if you can you. I
2: think that, the, you know, as I've always said, I, I think that it is different brands have different fans. And WCW had its fan base. A lot of them who had never seen WWE before and vice versa. And if they had heard of them or or they were a big fan and their favorite, you know, it's like a football or baseball team. You know, you love your team. Mm -hmm. You don't love the other teams. And so no matter what, when they come in, it's still not your guy. It's still not, you know, on your team. They've got to prove themselves on your team. And for guys coming in from WCW, for the most part, they had to prove themselves. And they were looked at by WWE fans as the enemy in many ways. You know, you take hall Nash and Hogan, they all came from WWE.
0: Yeah. They didn't have to prove shit. Our audience knew who they were. DDP. Not so much. Well, here's my question on that though. Is the onus for the, is the onus for that on the talent or on creative?
2: Both. You have okay. the greatest creative in the world. If the talent can't deliver it, then how good is it? You have the crappiest creative in the world. And if the talent can go out and deliver it, hit it out of the park, then it doesn't matter.
0: I guess what I'm trying to figure out is what worked for DDP and WCW that didn't work in WWE? I mean, the Diamond Cutter was over, still is. Randy Orton's running around with that thing all these years later, and he's crushing with I'm it. I'm sorry. He uses RKO. Yeah, goddamn! Come on, Bruce. I'm just yeah, trying it, to figure out what was the, what to do. I'm not trying to have a Randy Orton discussion. I'm just trying to figure out what worked about DDP and WCW that didn't in WWE. The audience
2: didn't accept him. The audience was kind of like meh to him in WWE. They hadn't seen that build up in WCW and him come from nothing and do all the things that he did. To them, it was like yeah, and you're going against. The Undertaker, he was he was brought in kind of based on um uh, you know, what he had done in WCW, but it was to the WWE audience, Okay, what have you done for me? And being brought in on top, which again
0: if you Okay, all right, hang on, time out. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Let me try to rephrase it. The WCW story was an underdog story of him overcoming and achieving. And the way we positioned him with WWE right away was he's a top guy, but almost cold because you have always contended that there were razor Ramon fans that perhaps weren't big WCW Scott hall NWO fans. So perhaps in your opinion, the brand loyal fans, they're like, wait a minute. This guy's a top guy. They hadn't maybe seen the under the underdog story and him overcome and achieve. And that's just not the creative we went with because we assumed we being wrestling fans who watched both programs and maybe creative at the time. Well, everybody knows DDP is the top guy in WCW, but perhaps this audience didn't know that.
2: Well, didn't care either. You got to prove yourself in our yard. And sometimes, you know, one of the biggest mistakes, uh, that we have all made. Um, a lot is bringing someone in, assuming they're over Yeah, and you, you got to still get get people over to a new audience, no matter who they are.
0: So Rob Van Dam is going to win an intercontinental title shot at mania by defeating big show and Lance storm in a three-way dance. So now it's going to be Rob Van Dam versus William Regal. And that is quite the styles clash. The observer would speculate the reaction internally from edge versus regal at no way out is that it was time to move on from the match. Is that how you remember it? Absolutely. Uh, jazz is going to defeat Molly Holly to retain the women's title, but it's an angle afterwards. That really is the story jazz locks on the STF on Molly after the match, which leads to all the agents coming out and bringing Molly out on a stretcher. Now here's the interesting thing. One of the agents is Arn Anderson, and he's attacked by the Undertaker, and boy, Arn is bleeding a gusher. And the angle is essentially Taker's trying to find ways to make Flair accept his challenge. What'd you think of uh Arn getting a little juice here?
2: Uh, I thought it was too much, but I thought it was a great story for Undertaker to picket Rick's friends. And go after them to try and get Rick to come out and and face him man to man.
0: So Jericho was put over angle on raw to give him a big win going into mania. Uh, and then the observer would have this, there was a backstage shouting match after raw on February 25th, involving Jericho triple H and the referee, Brian Hebner, Jericho was apparently mad at Hebner for screwing up the finish of the angle match. Triple H then stuck up for Hebner and blamed the screwed up finish on Jericho and tried to get others involved to get heat on Jericho. Boy, this sounds like an ugly scene. Do you remember hearing about this?
2: Yeah, I have no idea. It could have happened. Could not have happened, but it's kind of insignificant. That shit happens damn near every week.
0: Well, check this out. we get a little mess here. The APA go to referee Tim white's bar, the friendly tap in Providence where they always do angles from whenever they're in town. When they got in there, they spotted a bunch of guys from chaotic wrestling playing the roles of, this is directly from the observer, drag queens and homosexuals. They had guys dancing with transvestites and hitting on each other. APA looked very uncomfortable, especially when a large man as big as Bradshaw hit on Bradshaw. And the segment ended with Billy and Chuck jumping the APA as it was all a setup. Bradshaw was hit with a pool cue and Farouk had a beer bottle busted over him. A pinball machine was also destroyed in the melee. What a scene. I mean, first of all, some of this stuff, boy, in hindsight, probably wouldn't have done. But the friendly tap and the destruction of Tim White's bar, that was like a staple of WWE programming for a while, was it not?
2: I think that we rebuilt Tim White's bar at least eight times over the years. The friendly tap had new TVs. I need a new pool table. I need a new pinball machine. Well, hell, let's just trash this one. And, uh, the friendly tap was a friendly place to work and friendly place to be able to go in and get some nice atmospheric old tavern, old bar scenes. And, uh, well, you know, some of the subject matter might be, not be done today when you look back at it through 2022 eyes, but, uh, at the time, you know, it was some very hectic and chaotic things.
0: So let's talk about the main event of the time. It's Austin versus Mr. Perfect and boy, people were so excited myself included when I saw Mr. Perfect come back at the rumble. It's like, Holy shit. This is going to be awesome. The match here was really not that great. And I'm sure that I'm sure that Curt and Austin in real life were best of friends It feels like they had a lot in common, but. After this performance, you probably had to be thinking, man, that Mr. Perfect thing, that was a one hit wonder at, at the Royal rumble. That's sad to say, but what, what say you?
2: Unfortunately, I think it was – there was the sentiment of you're so happy to see Kurt. And you're so happy to see Kurt in this environment again, but you didn't see him in a one-on-one type situation. So there were high hopes, and unfortunately, I don't know if, if Kurt had missed a step or
0: just was not into it at the time.
2: But so, it was not good.
0: No. No. Smackdown is taped in Boston and it's a memorable show to say the least. Austin's going to chase the NWO away, which Meltzer describes as it's got to be a rib making fun of Nash who has bad knees and you're making him run. And then Austin pulls out a gun with a net that doesn't work the first time. And it just looks terrible for the crowd. Eventually it works. It'll all be cleaned up for TV. But is this one of those moments? And I know that you've told us here on the show, I love live TV because if something there's a snafu. There's a mistake. It was meant to happen. It's live TV. Nothing can go wrong on live TV. But then when this happens, you got to be thinking, God damn, so thankful this is taped.
2: <laughs> yes, you pray to whichever God you have in front of you at the time and give thanks. So, yeah, it was horrible. It was the hokiest, stupidest shit. You know, you you envision things sometimes uh, as... If it were a movie and you think of in the movie, oh, man, you know, this guy, he's got something. He shoots it off and the big net flies out. It just floats down all over him and they're all tangled up in it. and It's great. That ain't how it works in real life. And nine times out of ten, and when I say nine times out of ten, I literally mean nine times out of ten. It doesn't go like that. You got to be on the money, everybody in their spot, shot it exactly, precisely the exact angle you're supposed to shoot it at. And uh, with the exact same pressure, it was so many variables for it not to go right. The fact that it was taped helped us tremendously because, well, we'll fix that in post.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check.
0: You know, being a pet parent is a huge responsibility. And since our pets can't talk, we do our best to understand what's going on, but knowing something's up with them or their health and not understanding why is one of the greatest challenges of pet parenthood enter fuzzy fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24 seven access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals from everyday questions to middle of the night emergencies. Fuzzy has the answers pet parents need through live chat and virtual vet consultations available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Fuzzy can answer your pet questions, big and small, urgent and every day. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact right products for your pet. All of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at discounts exclusive to fuzzy members from getting your pet's diet. Just right to meeting their middle of the night needs to finally figuring out what makes their breath smell that way. Nothing is too big or small for a quick fuzzy call. And I got to tell you, I had this same issue not too long ago. My dog ginger, well, her breath started to smell different. I can't say it was all that pleasant. Boom. One called a fuzzy and ginger was good as new. I knew exactly what to do to get ginger feeling better. turns out she had a little issue that I had no idea even existed. Thanks to fuzzy. Not only did I figure out what it was, but I figured out how to fix it. Man, that makes me feel good. It'll make you feel good. You'll puff your chest out a little prouder when she's running around with that tail wagon a little faster right now. Fuzzy is offering our listeners a free seven day trial membership. Go to your fuzzy.com slash wrestle today to sign up. That's a free seven day trial at Y O U R F U Z Z Y.com slash wrestle and for a limited time, Fuzzy is also offering a special discount of $20 off any of your pet product needs, like pet meds, supplements, food, and more with the promo code WRESTLE. That's yourfuzzy.com slash WRESTLE for your free trial of Fuzzy with access to 24-7 personalized pet care and vet recommended products. And we want to thank yourfuzzy.com slash WRESTLE for sponsoring today's podcast and helping my girl, Ginger. Hey man, here's a scary stat. Every 10 seconds, someone becomes a victim of fraud or identity theft, but do you want to know what's worse? 23% of those people don't get their money back after the attack. Now, if you think it could never happen to you, you could be their next target, but aura can help aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information and your tech all safe from online threats. It really is an all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast, like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tried to open a bank account in your name. Aura is easy to set up. All their plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds, and they have an experienced U.S.-based customer support team that's got your back. Aura is a new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription with an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone. Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues for a limited time. Aura is offering our listeners a 30 day free trial. When you visit aura.com wrestle, go to aura.com wrestle to get complete protection, huge savings, and a 30 day free trial. That's auracom slash wrestle aura, the new standard in digital security. And we thank aura for sponsoring today's podcast, serious business guys. This is something Bruce and I believe in. We both have aura. We both use aura and we recommend you do too. It costs nothing to look as our pal Jr says, and who can beat a 30 day free trial. Check it out right now. Get complete protection. Go to aura.com slash wrestle. That's auracom a.com slash wrestle. Also later on in this same show, and I'll just read this whole section from the observer quote, show pinned Regal in a non-title finish that had to be booked by Vince Russo. Regal hit show with the The show then falls forward right on to Regal who is squashed and pinned. Booker was supposed to be doing a shampoo commercial for Japanese TV The jury made fun of him, calling him buck Week on crack. Stephanie and Jericho had a segment where Stephanie starts yelling at Jericho that he didn't get her the right hand lotion. And at first Jericho's about to yell at her, but stops himself and went to get her new lotion. Uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on here, Bruce. The Japanese yeah. TV commercial. Come on, man.
2: Yes. Because Booker wanted to be a star. And so he, he had this opportunity to do this endorsement for a Japanese shampoo. It's only going to air in Japan. See, only okay. Hang on, man. The big stars, the big stars only do commercials stars, overseas. Yeah, like Clooney and 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 those guys. They do ads overseas because that's where the big bucks is. Yes. So they'll, they'll do an obscure Japanese shampoo commercial because their their star is so big in the United States that God, if it were to be on a regular television, it would just demean them, blow everything out. Oh yeah. They wouldn't be able to keep up with inventory. And even even big time companies, they still want to have
0: inventory. How great is the creative though of Regal hitting show with the Nux, but then show like a giant tree just timber crushes Regal. That's great, creative. I love that. Wow, I thought so. I thought Booker T
2: doing a shampoo commercial in Japan was great too. I'm sure you That's were, good. I'm sorry, man. That's good shit.
0: I could just see you grinning ear to ear. Then it and is. Now. That's good shit. So Flair attacks the undertaker after he beats out snow with a lead pipe and tells him he'll never wrestle him. But if he touches Arn again, takers going to find out why he's the dirtiest player in the game. Now you knew at this point you were getting David, uh, Rick's son, he's working in OVW at the time. Did Rick have any objections? Is he happy to have David involved? What do you remember of how that creative came together?
2: Yeah. I mean, David was working in the warehouse and training at the warehouse at the time and, uh, for developmental. So we had always kind of intended on using David. That was an idea that undertaker had to put David in the storyline and Rick was fine with it. Everybody was.
0: So eventually it's announced that the shampoo hair commercial goes to edge instead of booker.
2: See, it's highly competitive. Japanese shampoo materials.
0: I appreciate that you still have a good attitude about all this. So February,
2: come on, that's good shit. I'm sorry,
0: I'm not arguing. It's it's funny, but it does feel like these are two stars that, like, if Tajiri had this issue with, I don't know, it just feels like Edge and Booker T. Man, these are world champs here. I mean, not at this point. We're going to
2: put a bottle of shampoo on a pole.
0: Oh god! And
2: whoever got the bottle of shampoo got the
0: commercial. And, and, and a bottle of conditioner as a bonus. Well, that was going to be in
2: the next ladder match because after the shampoo commercial, you got to do the conditioner commercial, but that was going to be a separate, separate issue. You can't do two pole matches in a row. So you had to put one on the ladder on top hanging from the, the ceiling and whoever can climb that 42 foot ladder. And it was going to be a 42 foot ladder too, by, by the now, way,
0: is it true that you were also going to have Hornswoggle wrestle little booker with a step ladder and a travel shampoo. Okay. Just
2: because it was on a couple of sheets for suggestions. Doesn't mean it was actually going to happen.
0: I got to tell you a step ladder and a travel shampoo, a hornswoggle and a little book that hits for me. Does for me too. So on February 27th, well, you say short sleeve. I say Samson, short sleeve. Samson,
2: Samson
0: short sleeve Samson. Do you know that he pulled a gun on, uh, Jeff Jarrett on pay-per-view once? Okay. Just throwing it out there. All right. Okay. So February 27th, boy, big trouble, big, big trouble, big trouble, Jerry. Not the company, but the initials. A court in England uphold the original ruling that the WWF cannot use their initials for marketing outside of the United States. Can you believe that the Panda got over on you?
2: Get the F out.
0: I, I just, I still think in hindsight, this is one of the biggest stories in the history of WWE, because it just feels like as far as legal battles go, Vince McMahon almost never loses, but couldn't figure this one out. It's so in weird. Many ways,
2: it was one of the best things that ever happened to us. And, and it's not even a story really anymore.
0: No, I, I don't disagree at all. I mean, It was such an easy transition and the catchphrase, it all worked. We've talked about that before in the archives, but it's still crazy to think about, uh, there's a tour of the far East where the WWF sells out the Yokohama arena with 16,000 fans, $1.1 million gate. Singapore draws more than 11,000 fans for 732 grand. Uh, and and then they've even got uh, another show at Kuala Lumpur. I don't even know if I said that. Kuala Lumpur. There you go. 14. Kuala Lumpur. 14,000 fans, uh, it's reported in the observer that Carl DeMarco has reached out to Bret Hart about appearing at WrestleMania. Since WrestleMania is back in Canada, I say back because the only other time this happened was WrestleMania six, 12 years prior quote DeMarco suggested Bret Hart, be the referee for triple H versus Jericho's title match. The plan that was called for this to be unannounced was to sneak him into the building, not let any of the other wrestlers see him until he showed up before the crowd. DeMarco tried to sell hard on the idea because that way there would be no tangible business advantage for McMahon. Hart's name wouldn't give the WWF any added revenue using the lure of the elusive surprise pop, which in Toronto, where Hart still might be the most popular wrestler, more than likely would have been huge. This would have been tremendous. Do you remember it ever being seriously discussed?
2: No. It's
0: a great idea though. It's fun.
2: It could have been fun, but why, why would you,
0: yeah. Well, it didn't even get as far as a meeting scheduled. Uh, Brett told DeMarco, he didn't think there was a way he could do it. The meetings canceled and it never happened. Let's talk about where business is though, because 2001 is really maybe peak WWE business, but we just said WrestleMania here at 18 in 2002 is going to set a record overall. Is that the case? Let's take a look. February of 01, your average attendance is 10,462. A year later, it's 8,776. So we're down 16.1%. Our gates, well, those are down too. We went from 303,000 to 282,000. We're down 6.9%. And television ratings are down just a little bit too. We're doing 494 In 01, here in 02, we're doing 4.58. So we're down 7.3%. Smackdown, a similar story, but not as glaring 4.22 to 4.08. We're only down 3.3%. I would say that's probably negligible, but here's the interesting thing. We figured out how to sell these fans a little more merch, our average per head, how much money per person are we getting out of everybody who comes to the turnstile was $7 and 54 cents in February of one a year later, it's up 23.7% to $9 and 33 cents. And Meltzer would say because of the lack of nitro competition, direct comparisons are a little misleading. A more fair comparison would be comparing the second hour from each year, which would reveal a more valid down 2.4% year to year decline. And this has been something that a lot of people have talked about, not just in WWE, but in business, that competition makes everybody better. Were you starting to feel a little bit of that in O two? Or is it still so fresh and you had so many new players coming in and there's so many moving parts that maybe you weren't feeling it yet?
2: Well, I think that overall you're still, when you talk about fresh, you still have to build these talents. You still have to get them over. And that's the key as well. There's an excitement, but you also are in a rebuilding process to try and get a lot of these new talents to a place where they will mean something.
0: Meltzer would write with most of the crew in Japan and East Asia. Raw is going to take place on March 4th and Jericho, the undisputed world champion who beat Steve Austin and the rock the same night in December is announced as not appearing because he's out shopping for Stephanie. Meltzer asked the question, have they ever castrated a world champion before WrestleMania? Looking back, Bruce, we did not position Jericho very strong going into the main event of this pay-per-view. If you had it to do over again, would you have changed some of this build?
2: No, I think it was a good build, and it was story, and again, that's something that, you know, people often forget to look at, and the story, it made sense, because you're talking about it now, is it, well, if this is real! Oh my god! In Japan in 1947, they had Carl Got. It doesn't mean anything. It's story. <laughs> I don't know. Just, well, was there was this time I remember that uh clip from Hershey here uh with just one added thing. And I, I, I remember watching a match one time with Yishi Guzimawa against uh Onaki. And Onaki had three kicks in a row.
0: I hear you. So Hall and Nash are going to beat Austin and, uh, bloody him up before Hall hits him with a stunner of his own. I guess it's time for the NWO to get some heat on Steve. Um, let's talk about DDP and Christian. They're having these segments that are really not all that great from the observer quote, the Christian retirement and going with DDP angle is the brainchild of Brian Giewertz. Edge and Christian have always been friends of Brian's to the point that he has heat in the locker room, particularly when he'd script out the comedy stuff when they were together that got him over there is heat over the mania lineup in the locker room with Christian and pages, TV time making people think they will undeservedly get on the show, particularly if the Hardys and Dudley's don't get a program. Actually, I figure Hardys and Dudley's will get on that show at the last minute and some sort of tag team deal that they always throw out there. Because Manny is the biggest money show of the year by far. They try and let everyone who has worked hard all year share in the big payoff. Is your buddy Brian booking Christian like this, Bruce? Is that what you think it was?
2: Well, I think Brian was probably writing a lot of it, but it wasn't just because it was his buddy. Right.
0: Just. That's sour grapes from guys. Yeah. In your opinion, that's just sour grapes from guys who. You know, yes, which because they I think a,
2: anytime that they see someone getting some love or that they're, if they're not, then it's woe is me.
0: So then we see The Undertaker attack David Flair during a training session with your brother, Dr. Tom. Taker's going to drag Flair into the bathroom, bloody him up, and promise Rick that his daughters are next. Yeah, going uh,
2: after me Good next, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I'm going to do it in Alabama, too. I'm going to go and we'll drag her out of her, one of her mansions there. It's kind of down, intu- through, down through the uh, infinity pool. What, 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 right off Montecito mountain.
0: How do you, I can't believe you remember that. I'm really impressed.
2: It's the biggest mountain in Alabama, and it's the biggest house.
0: I'm really impressed that you remember that. It's the
2: mansion on the mountain.
0: So I refer to it. I think Rick used to call it on TV, uh, the biggest house on the biggest hill on the big side of town. That's right. I I disagree with all that with regards to me.
2: Yeah. Because it's, I know because you get upset because it's it's the biggest in the state biggest Uh, in like eight States around. I don't like just being the biggest in town. It's the biggest in most of the country.
0: Will you stop?
2: Yeah. Well, you have more garages than most people.
0: That's just not true doors. That's not true. Chat me up here. How fun is it in hindsight to take a look at this scene where takers attacking David down in developmental Jay Briscoe's running around back there. How fun is that? Well, Jerry should be okay. That's what he
2: does. He's the Oklahoman beating up a flare.
0: You know, I'm talking about it
2: actually, well, it actually it was in Connecticut.
0: I'm talking about the Briscoe brothers, like the tag team that's oh, out there now. Not yeah. Jack and Jerry.
2: Oh, I'm talking about Jack and Jerry.
0: Yeah. I'm talking about Jay and Mark. Well, Jay's in the background. So are the Maximo brothers. Anyway. I
2: don't know. It was in Connecticut.
0: We see angle versus Hunter in the main event. It's a steel cage. Uh, well,
2: I'd rather have it be Jerry though. For, for my purposes. Can it just be Jerry?
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Meltzer would write triple H spiked Stephanie's favorite skin lotion and she broke out. She threw a tantrum over how horrible she looked. Jeez. They could have at least done a decent makeup job. So she looked horrible. Angle beat triple H in a cage match. That was nothing more than having us watch the head writer feed her ego. This was annoying to watch and not in a heat way. It's hard for these two not to have a good match. And while I won't say they succeeded, they had 1534 and the Van Dam match was better. Triple H had it won with a pedigree. When Stephanie came out, beat up Teddy long, and then did the Terry Gordy spot on triple H since they do that spot in every cage match, it means little. Now angle was about to walk out to win, but Stephanie ordered him back in the cage and, um, well, she wants a, a hurt and put on triple H because she wants blood triple H obliges cuts his forehead. Now we have our third, uh, face blood of the night. Triple H makes a comeback with a DDT on a chair and as triple H is getting ready to climb out, Stephanie came through the door. Like she's stone cold hitting triple H with a chair and crotched himself on the ropes. She nails him with a check, a second chair shot, ties him up in the ropes. Quote, do you realize how many superstars they would have today? If triple H would have put any of them over this strongly, Stephanie dragged angle, uh, out the door to win. When this match was over, a blind man could see that this company was heading for problems and know exactly why. What say you Bruce too much blood, too much Stephanie, or is this just Meltzer, not liking it.
2: Uh, it's Meltzer, not liking it. And you know, I I love it when again, people criticize Hunter, look at his WrestleMania record. He's lost more WrestleMania matches than anybody in history.
0: So there you go. It's written in the observer. Uh, that it's obvious internally, the NWO has been a flop at this point, as we're heading into WrestleMania 18, did you feel that way?
2: I felt we were heading for a crash. I felt that we were kind of heading, you know, we were on the other side of that hill and, you know, coming out of it, unfortunately it was, and, and it was cemented at WrestleMania 18 that Hogan was, was the
0: one that people wanted. Was, was Hollywood Hogan salvageable or did you not think that creative was going to last either? I don't
2: know. I, I think, I think Hogan in general, um, was salvageable because the audience was just so hungry for him at the time. I think that when you look at, uh, Nash Nash was entertaining as hell and the audience loved him. I, I would dare say I think that again a lot of people in WWE <laughs> liked the badass diesel more than Nash I don't know it's it's semantics but it's no it matters it's reality
0: yeah uh speaking of Hogan it's discovered he's got a broken rib when he's going over the match with rock and Pat Patterson down in Florida were you guys ever nervous that hey man what if he can't go or did you know Hogan's going to suck it up because that's what he does
2: That's exactly what he does. And have you seen some of Hulk's matches? Yes. Okay. Hulk worked with broken back. I think he'll be all right. Well, there you go.
0: Uh, going into mania, a lot of people, myself included felt like Hogan and rock and taker and flair had the best stories going in. I can't believe you won't just acquiesce that this Hunter Jericho story could have been better.
2: I mean, I guess in hindsight, you could probably come up with a lot of different things. At the time, I thought it was very
0: good. Well, Raw on March 11th um, is described as dog shit by Meltzer, and that's pretty fitting. Well, he would know if he
2: reads his letters.
0: This is the classic episode of Raw where Stephanie has uh... <laughs> they're arguing over a dog here. Stephanie and Hunter are arguing over yeah. a dog.
2: Have you ever argued over a dog?
0: Not right before WrestleMania, not when I was world champion. No, the dog takes a shit in Jericho and Stephanie's office. And Stephanie makes Jericho take the dog outside. He ties him to a limo. Of course, Stephanie leaves in the limo. And of course it runs the dog over now. WWE doesn't believe in murder. So it only breaks the dog's leg. (laughs) Come on, Bruce.
2: Well, first of all, that had just happened in, in real life, in the news, just just so you know. Okay. And, uh, oh, that was damn good shit, because anybody loves dogs, especially the way I love dogs, that would get me hot. Poor little Fluffy.
0: Oh gosh. You know what? Let's just go ahead and get right into WrestleMania. The, the show itself, man, is always going to be remembered for that main event. Uh, I've watched it over and over and over. Not really the main event, but what should have been the main event? Hogan rock. Uh, the readers of the wrestling observer gave it 66.3% thumbs up nineteen and a half percent thumbs down 14.2% thumbs in the middle. Almost everyone agreed Hogan and rock had the best match. Uh, flair and undertaker came in second place. Then triple H and Chris Jericho. And lastly, uh, Austin and Scott hall, the worst match poll. Well, they thought it was the ladies jazz Trish and Lita. What a big time show though. The 18th time we've seen WrestleMania Hulk Hogan back in Toronto, where he had two of the biggest matches of his career before with Paul Orndorff and, and, and the ultimate warrior. And now here it is. And, and Meltzer would say it was clear at the fan access all week that Hogan was going to be cheered like crazy but nobody expected all of the booze for the rock. Would you agree with that? You knew just based on the way fans were reacting at fan access, man, Hogan's over like Rover, but I don't think anybody would have called the booze for the rock. Yeah.
2: Um, that was a little, it was a little surprising to say the least, but I, everybody, everybody did know and had, had the feeling that Hulk was, was definitely going to be cheered and cheered loudly.
0: So Meltzer would say whether this or last year's match with rock versus Steve Austin was really the biggest match will be determined in a few months when the buy rate figures come out. But when Hogan the next night in Montreal got a crowd reaction, that was every bit, the equal or better of the fame pop flair got in Greenville or triple H got earlier this year in Madison square garden. He at 48 had once again, become the spotlight wrestler in the country. Meltzer would say the day before the show, Vince McMahon changed the plans for the match and had Hogan take the WWF jet from Toronto back home to Tampa to pick up a lot of his collection for photos as video screens, uh, for the the red and yellow ring outfits, Hogan didn't get back to Toronto until 2. AM the night of the show. Uh, McMahon wanted to have Hogan come out in the red and yellow in Montreal after the turn, the turn itself was already going to happen as was evidenced as a, uh, a heel like Austin and flair, but the result in people not wanting to pay to see them just because they don't want to pay and boo people they like. So I, I think this is pretty smart that, Hey man, we may have wanted him creatively to be a heel. The fans ain't buying it. Vince sees that calls a pivot. Go get your red and yellow shit. Does that throw a monkey wrench in all the plans? Sure. Does
2: goddamn Montreal audience are wrench into it too. I think that we had a standing ovation and they cheered for 12 minutes before we could finally quiet them down. So the Hulk could speak. That was amazing.
0: It was amazing. Uh, the, the total gate in Canadian is 6.1 million, 3.8 in a, in us here. The old so
2: record, what a $75,000 gate.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. The old record was 3.5. So you're up 300 grand, which is pretty crazy. When you think about it, your paid attendance is 61,069 fans total in the building of 68,237. Uh, the all-time record for revenue was set the prior year for 42.59 million. And a lot of folks are thinking, Hey man, this could be up there. Uh, let's run through the card. Uh, the dark match that day was Rikishi and Scotty Two-Hotty and Albert beating Mr. Perfect test and Lance storm in three minutes and six seconds. I guess it's not really a, uh, a dark match. It's on heat, but still it's not on the pay-per-view. Uh, the actual show gets kicked off with Rob Van Dam and William Regal. Rob Van Dam picks up the intercontinental title in six minutes and 19 seconds. It gets two stars in the observer. Van Dam, uh, has his mouth busted open here or actually Regal winds up with a busted lip, uh, because, well, you know, that's what Van Damme does. Um, I really enjoyed this match. I don't know why. I know it's a styles clash and I know in the UFC, they say styles make fights, but I've always loved watching each of these guys individually and together kind of worked for me. what do you think as a WrestleMania opener, Rob Van Damme and William Regal?
2: It was awkward and it was ugly. And to me, I like that. Yeah. It makes works. it real. I, yes. It's not this smooth, flippity flop, you know, high spot stuff. And, and it was something that people could go, okay, Hey man, he really hit him there. Yeah. Well, there's a reason for that. Cause he did. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the fact of the matter that I really enjoy both talent, uh, I thought it was a damn good match.
0: Fun little footnote in the next match. DDP is going to pin Christian uh, to keep the European title in 6 minutes and 8 seconds. But what was fun for me about this is Christian is announced as being from Tampa because we want to make sure he doesn't get the baby face pop. <laughs> well, where would you rather be announced from? Well, Tampa, yeah. Okay. Uh, star in 3 quarters when Christian heard uh that um you know DDP praised Christian that even in losing he didn't throw a tantrum. Of course, Christian throws a tantrum star in three quarters. Um, if you had it to do over again, do you think there was more money in DDP or was it just a square peg round hole in WWE? I think it was a
2: square peg and a round, round hole. And maybe if we had taken more time with the introduction of DDP and. I don't know. Um, cause I'm always, I'm a big fan of DDP personally and i have always liked him, uh, and I appreciated what he did, man. When you look at how hard he worked at it, the age that he started, uh, and what he accomplished kudos. Uh, I just don't know that the WWE audience was that into him no matter what he did,
0: it's so wild to me that he's such a big star in wrestling, but this is his only WrestleMania match, uh, next up it's Maven and Goldust for the hardcore title, and it ends up being a show long storyline. Now they go three minutes and 15 segments and what Meltzer called a sloppy match. And he says, this was the first time on a major show that Maven wasn't able to be carried. It ended up with Spike Dudley pinning Maven after both Maven and Goldust knocked each other out with trash cans. After this match, during the show, Spike lost to hurricane who was then knocked out with a frying pan by Molly, who then had a door slammed on her by Christian, who got rolled up in the parking lot by Maven, who hopped in a taxi and left with the title and this is basically a way to let all these guys as well as Godfather and crash Holly get a WrestleMania payoff. Meltzer didn't like it negative half a star. I mean, I thought this was fun and clearly somebody in WWE did because the 24 seven title became a thing again. And as a fun little thread for a show, I, I I could see this being fun. It's a nice little, let me up as you used to say, right?
2: Well, I definitely liked the escape in the taxi. Yeah. That's me, funny. It was the stuff. best part. Next yeah, up, I'm being serious there too. It really
0: was. No, it's very creative. Uh, Kurt Angle and Kane are going to go 10 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, Meltzer would say Kane tried to work with Angle like a wrestler instead of a monster, and the problem was it just showed how limited Kane really is as a worker. Uh, he got a choke slam, but Angle got his hand on the ropes. Kane kicked out of the angle slam. It was a long ankle lock spot, but another rope break. The finish saw Angle block a choke slam and turn it into a front rolling cradle using the ropes. The finish looked real sloppy. Two and a quarter stars. Man, Kane has been an absolute monster. Maybe he didn't have the best storyline coming into this. Maybe he didn't have the right opponent. I feel the same way about Kurt Angle. I mean, what a superstar this guy is. Now we know, don't worry, WrestleMania 19, he'll get his chance to shine. But this was just kind of eh for me. What say you?
2: Well, again, I look at this as the same way that I did Van Damme and Regal, and that it wasn't pretty, and it wasn't supposed to be pretty. It was the wrestler versus the monster. And, you know, to that, yeah, you tell the story that Kane tried to wrestle the wrestler, and instead he should have attacked it as a monster. So there is a story there, and to me it made sense. It wasn't pretty, but it felt real.
0: So... Undertaker is out next. He's going to be taking on Ric Flair. They go 18 minutes and 47 seconds. Flair's going to be bleeding very early. Uh, undertaker cut his cheek here. Flair takes a big bump, uh, with, with a top rope, superplex from the undertaker and undertaker treating Flair as the legend. He is picked up Flair at two rather than allowing him to kick out. Usually there's psychology that if a big star is losing to someone he feels is lesser. The bookers talk him into it by giving him a spot where he picks the guy up just to show that he was really better. Uh, I love when Meltzer tries to break down. Here's why they did that. Anyway, undertaker eventually juices, uh, flair gets a lead pipe from the motorcycle, hits him with it. Flair gets him in the figure four undertaker is going to break it. Eventually choke slams him. And it looks like Flair's in trouble when all of a sudden one of the biggest pops of the show happened. And I don't think anybody would have ever expected it to be this way Arn Anderson sneaks into the ring, gives the Undertaker a spine buster, and the place goes bananas. Probably the biggest moment of Arn Anderson's career at that point. A big WrestleMania moment, a huge reaction, a damn near perfect spine buster. But we're not done. Uh, he's gonna close line at referee Charles Robinson after the match, he being Undertaker. He's got a, a trail of dead guys now uh in his wake. The Undertaker, of course, gets the win. Uh, The tombstone gets it done. It's a three-star match. And Meltzer would say as bad as this reads and as ridiculous as it is usually done for a one-sided squash to go this long, it was almost better than anything on the show. Now I kind of don't disagree with that, but I know that both myself and Dave were big, we're big Ric Flair marks, but this was like a really unexpected surprise because I think a lot of people, myself included thought, Well, Rick's not doing these type of matches anymore. And yes, there was some Gaga, but this was about as good as it could have been. And afterwards is really the first time I remember seeing the undertaker sort of acknowledge the streak. He like holds his hands up in front of the camera. Like, wow, that's 10 and O now at WrestleMania, a really cool match, a really cool moment for undertaker, for Ric Flair. And of course, for Aaron Anderson, what say you,
2: I thought it was excellent. I thought it was excellent in every way. I thought that undertaker, remade flair in that and you know gave flair all all the props that he needed and it looked like it was a brutal encounter on every single end so to that you know kudos to both guys
0: wait any heat on these guys for going long just to recap the first match is six minutes and 19 seconds the six the second match is six minutes and eight seconds the third match is three minutes and 15 seconds Angle and Kane are 1045. The next one with Edge and Booker T are 632. Austin and Hall are 951. But Flair and Undertaker, 1847.
2: Yeah, it probably had heat with me, but is what it is.
0: It's not like you're going to be able to make The Undertaker do something he doesn't want to do, right? No, I'm not.
2: (laughs) So next up is. uh, I'm scared.
0: It's edge and uh, booker T and there's a great sign in the crowd. They're fighting over shampoo. Uh, no, a
2: shampoo commercial. God damn it. Get your <laughs> shit straight. See, if you don't understand then don't write a sign. If you don't understand what the hell you're talking about, it was a shampoo commercial worth millions and millions and millions of yen,
0: which is about $8, uh, so the crowd was dead. Once the match started, uh, edge did get a big reaction. Of course he's the hometown boy. Ultimately, a series of reversals. Edge hits the implant DDT. Star in a quarter. Edge gets the win. Uh, it's just sort of there for me, Bruce, but man, we got a lot of star power on this show so far.
2: The Edge Booker team match was excellent.
0: Next up, Steve Austin and Scott Hall. They go nine minutes and fifty one oh seconds. Yeah. Meltzer called it another sloppy match. Shockingly little heat most of the way. Kevin Nash interfered a lot. Austin did a mistimed stunner earlier. Nash pulled Tim white into the ring to, or out of the ring to uh, break the count. Nash came in and they double teamed very briefly. Austin comes back with stunners for both guys, but there's no referee. Jack Doan runs in Nash lays him out to stop the count. Austin backdrops hall over the top to the floor. And now about six referees run out and order Nash to leave in the ring. Hall hits a stunner, but Austin kicks out. Austin goes for another stunner, which was even more mistimed than the first one. He finally delivers another stunner, and Hall tries to make up for it by jumping as high as he could in the air to sell it for the pin one star. This thing was snake bit from the word go, was it not? Yeah, it was kind of ugly. Kind of ugly, to
2: say the least. It just wasn't. Uh... It wasn't good. This wasn't, this wasn't ugly, like Curtin and Kane or Van Dam and Regal. This just,
0: this wasn't fun. Didn't feel good. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: It, let me recap something Meltzer wrote in the observer. Austin refused to work with Hogan at the beginning, which both hurt his star power with fans since rock got all the hype as the all time legend while Austin became the odd man out. But many wrestlers thought he was the smart one. Particularly when, host, when Hogan gobbled up Rock. He ended up so frustrated over his creative, even with his match finish being changed during the week, he still flew home after Mania and missed the TV tapings in Montreal and Ottawa. While he was not planned to have a major role in Montreal because the show was built around Hogan and Rock versus Hall and Nash, he was supposed to do an interview, but nothing else. And it isn't as if there were major changes on the show that had to be made when he decided he was going home because he wasn't happy with the way things were going, He's scheduled to be back on March 25th. Now we've talked about when Austin got frustrated a few months later and wound up walking out of the company, but I don't think we've ever really spent time talking about the fact that he just went home after WrestleMania here. And this is a guy who had been the, you know, the company had been on his back for maybe not 13, but he stole the show there, but it was for 14 forward really. And now he sees new guys coming in and maybe he feels like they're taking his spot and he feels like there's maybe a less than main event. And here he is in a less than awesome match with a guy he had reservations about working with, this is really where some of these problems come to a head with Austin and creative, right?
2: I think it was the beginning of it. Steve was unhappy, but you know, Steve also thought, well, why am I going to be, you know, in the lower end of the mix? Let them have it. You know, here, here you go. Let them have it. And we knew, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't Steve taking his ball and going home. We knew Steve was leaving. We knew Steve was gone. So that wasn't a, a big, Oh my God, it was okay. That's cool. We understand. Let's, put some focus over here on uh, rock and Hogan.
0: What do you do after you have Steve Austin and Scott hall, one of the biggest stars in the world. And one of the coolest guys that ever lived. Well, you have Billy and Chuck retain the tag titles in a four way over the Hardy's the Dudley's and the APA Meltzer would say the crowd was dead, but all the guys worked very hard. Um, two and a quarter stars, uh, Billy and Chuck are going to go ahead and retain you know, this is one of those deals where it just feels like you've got so many talents and you've just got to get us, get them into the show as much as you can. And this is the era where WrestleMania wasn't seven hours and it's not two nights. We're trying to do as much as we can here in like three hours and change. That's a tough ask when you've got a, 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 a lot, a roster that's this loaded, right?
2: You ain't kidding it's it's very difficult, and and sometimes it, it's done simply for that reason to make sure everybody gets on the on the card. And you know, WrestleMania should be something that uh, is special. And sometimes not everybody's going to get on every card, and that's just that's just business.
0: Next up, the rock is going to beat Hulk Hogan in 16 minutes and 23 seconds. You know, the story, we can't possibly do this match any justice. Go out of your way to see it. Uh, this was fantastic. Meltzer gave it three stars. Uh, I don't know how this is. If it
2: had been in the Tokyo dome, it'd be like 14 stars.
0: Meltzer says, as mentioned earlier, this is a match that was probably great live, but won't hold up. It was similar to Hogan warrior in Toronto from a storyline, but Hogan warrior had far less sloppiness and miss spots, but this match had more consistent action and less resting. Hogan warrior was three and three quarter stars to be watching it. And a week later on replay, I felt embarrassed because it didn't hold up years later. It looked awful. Just like watching back all those Jim Duggan tapes when he was super over in mid South and going, how did I not realize how bad this guy was boys and girls listening to this. Don't listen to Dave Meltzer here. Here's what never listen to Dave Meltzer. Here's what else you shouldn't do. Don't watch this mouse, this match with the sound off. If you watch this match with the sound off, then you might agree that, boy, this was not a great match. You turn the sound on and the fans become, I guess in basketball, they would call it the sixth man. They're coming off the bench, man, and they are making this match. If you, if you watch this match with the sound on and you don't feel something You're not a fucking wrestling fan, Bruce. This was fantastic. Yeah,
2: it was over the top. And it was a moment. It was a moment in time. And it was one of those moments that will, like you say, we're talking about 20 years later. And it was magic. It was just sheer magic. When you talk about magic in a moment that you actually feel in your bones, this is it. And I do think it holds up.
0: We recently just did, I know you're busier than a one-armed paper hanger, Bruce, but we recently got Mike Yota, who was the referee for this match. And Jim Ross, who was obviously doing commentary together to do a watch along for this over at adfreeshows.com. It's just such a match. It's so worth celebrating. I hope folks check it out and and go watch this match. You're going to watch one match from this show. Watch this match and turn the damn sound up. Uh, but now we've got to have, well, a let me up match it's jazz retaining the women's title in a three-way dance with Lita and Trish Stratus kind of is what it is. Trish is going to come out with a Canadian flag and maple leaf on her shorts. Uh, but you know, three-way dances are tough. And in this era, the women weren't featured as prominently. They go six minutes, 16 seconds. It gets a negative one star. And now it's time for our main event. I'll tell you though, Bruce, I can't imagine being Hunter or Chris, because after they saw the reaction from this crowd for Rock Hogan, it's going to be almost impossible to get them back that high, that up again, is it not?
2: Yeah, especially because as performers, they felt it as well. Yeah, they felt the energy, they felt the specialness of that moment, and you know, even even with hindsight being twenty twenty, I don't know if it would have ended with that match. Anyway, I might've put it on earlier to, to let people kind of come down from that high before you got to the last match, but it was definitely special. And, and yeah, I think it was a unenviable position for Jericho and Hunter to be in.
0: Unbelievably, they go 18 minutes and 41 seconds. I say unbelievably because I thought triple H always had to have the longest match at WrestleMania. That is not the case here. Uh, Flair and uh, taker went just a little longer, but the fans were filing out during this match in their mind, show's over. Uh, Triple H sold his bad leg a lot, he came back and set up Stephanie for the pedigree. Jericho stopped him with a missile drop kick. There's some good wrestling here, man. there really really is uh, and ultimately, when Triple H finally hit Stephanie with a pedigree, it gets a pop. But Meltzer would say, probably a lot less than you'd think. I just think that's the positioning on the card either way. Jericho hit triple H with a chair, set up a pedigree of his own and triple H catapulted him, but Jericho landed on the middle rope and came off and got nailed on the way down. Ultimately, triple H hits the pedigree, gets the win, wins the title. It's a three-star affair when it's all said and done. Were you happy with this one?
2: Yes. And I, and again, unenviable position to be in, but I think that they, made the best out of it that they could went out and delivered a hell of a match and in a match, I think that the audience was happy with. And, you know, again, when you go back and, and look at it, if you were to watch this match before you watch the other in order, uh, I think you would have gone, God damn, it was a hell of a match.
0: And it was, and a good story to boot. So the next day. The show draws the best rating since the summer, a 5.28. It does a 5.18 first hour, a 5.38 second hour, really a big show. It's totally Hogan driven. And I don't know that anybody would have predicted a few months, a few years at any point that the night after WrestleMania, Austin is not on the show and it's all about Hulk Hogan. How are you and I mean, how do you think Vince is feeling after this WrestleMania 18, I know that the WWE boy, things change rapidly and quickly. And that's not just for WWE. That's just business and entertainment in general, but it feels like a, a company in transition here, maybe after this show more than ever, because we're acknowledging, all right, that NWO thing, that's not really working, but boy, Hogan is let's go back to our roots. Let's go red and yellow. But where does that leave our biggest star, Steve Austin? And oh, by the way, rock really wants to go make movies. And we really want to strap the rocket, if you will, to Hunter. But God, that finish. And that main event was just, it didn't feel as special as the Hogan thing. It feels like a company in transition here. Would you agree with that? Well, I think that we were in transition from the moment that, uh, WCW
2: went out of business That's fair you know, it, it continued on. But I think that the feeling overall was one of happiness and that you look at a creation created in 1987 or not 1987, 1983. And even before that, that stood the test of time and the audience was still really, really excited for that, that character. And, You know, look, Steve's going to get the same reaction, I think, uh, coming up. We don't talk about current things. And it'll be way over the top because he's just that over. And, you know, Hulk Hogan withstood the test of time. The audience wanted it. They wanted more. That makes you feel good. And it also gives gives you that latitude to step back for a minute and let things rest and let them absorb. And you didn't need all of that star power every
0: night. You know, we've heard over the, over the years that the reason that John Cena, for instance, never turned heel is because Vince McMahon would say something like, he's the one who feeds us. But now you you've made Austin and he's not happy. He's going home. You've made the rock, but rock, even during WrestleMania week, did an interview with Alex Marvez and he was talking about how could he do acting and wrestling and could he continue to do both? And rock said, quote, I'm as optimistic as I can possibly be. But I honestly don't know how long I can balance both. Having gone through what I did this past year, I did all I possibly could to balance both and it damn near killed me. So you hear that and you think, well, he ain't long for this world. Are you nervous about, Hey, who is our next top star? Because if Austin's leaving or he's not happy and now rock is really going to Hollywood and we tried this whole and Nash thing and that doesn't seem to click. and And Hogan, we thought was going to be a super bad guy, but he's a baby face, but We know he's 48 and not in the best of health and working hurt. You got to be wondering, damn, who's our next big star here, right?
2: If you're not always wondering who the next big star is, you're not doing your job. And that that's a constant because you can think about now, you can think about the next two years, but you have to be thinking about the next 10 years. And that's just reality. And that's a reality from the moment I got in the business.
0: WrestleMania 18, what a special show. Uh, we said at the top of the show, maybe a one match show. Where would you rank this one all time? Bruce don't say top five,
2: no, because it wasn't top five, but it definitely top ten. and the reason it's top 10 is because of the moment with rock and Austin, rock and Austin with rock and Hogan
0: in hindsight, do you think Austin made a mistake? Not wanting it to be Hogan rock. I mean, Hogan Austin. Do you think?
2: And it wasn't Steve's choice.
0: I'm just trying to figure out, is there something, anything you could have done to make Austin happy here that would have worked and satisfied him creatively?
2: I don't really know. I, I think that, you know, aside from whatever, you know, Steve was feeling that there was also the, the reality of you know, his body and, and what he was feeling physically that probably played a lot into Steve's decisions at the time.
0: You're saying he's burned out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, it's, it's fun to sort of what if it, and I, but I don't know. I don't know what you could have done with Austin to make him happy. I, I have to ask this and I, I know you don't remember, but if you had to guess, even though Austin was working on the seventh match and not the last match, do you reckon he was paid as a main eventer? I know sometimes as fans, we always talk about cre- the creative, But at the end of the day, this is a business. This is what guys are doing for money. And he's probably had a precedent set of he's getting one of the biggest payoffs of the year from his WrestleMania show. But here he's not the main event. Did that add to the frustration? How I'm
2: sure Steve was taken care of very well.
0: Well, we hope we've taken care of you guys very well today. Thank you for joining us. As we talked about WrestleMania 18. Uh, overall, I will always give this a thumbs up show. I know we like to sort of uh, inspect and dissect and discuss and break down and analyze, but this was fun for me. And next week on April fool's day, April 1st, we're hoping to bring to you WrestleMania 2000. What an interesting WrestleMania that was. Do you even remember what the main event was off the top of your head? I do not. This was the one where there's a McMahon in every corner. Oh God. It's (laughs) Triple Some H. Some of those I try to forget. Triple H, The Rock, Mick Foley, and Big Show are in the main event here. Lots to talk about. Hope we get to talk about that one next week. Bruce, this was fun, man. Appreciate you uh squeezing a little time in for us today because this felt a little old school. Always. Always. I had, listen to you. I had nothing but time. I just sit around and lollygag all day. I thought you were uh sleepy, tired, and stressed. And
2: lollygagging.
0: <laughs> yeah, All right, folks. Thanks I for tuning Gag two- My ass out of here. Well, l- lollygag on down to uh Dallas next week. Come join us. WrestleMania nights one and two. I'm going to be in town, Bruce. I know you'll be busy, but on April 1st, I'm going to be at Gillies. Uh, we're doing supershowlive.com, man. Jeff Hardy's going to be there, William Regal, Eric Bischoff, Jeff Jarrett. We got more surprises. Tickets are on sale now supershowlive.com. And I think there's like a two night WrestleMania
2: shameless plugs.
0: Yeah.
2: I'll be at, uh, AT&T stadium on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Uh, not appearing live, but I, I do have to tell you, cause you're doing your show, yeah. uh, on Friday, but there's another show that goes on after your show. And we're doing over at access. We're doing panels with, with talent, which is a, I'm going to under- be there. at access. And Paul Heyman's doing one on Friday night that, I'm, I'll pro, that one. I'll probably be there just to see, because Paul's going to talk about things that Paul just can't do on TV. And that should be exciting as well, as well as uh, a lot of surprises and a lot of other good shit over there at access. So that that's going to be fun too. I'm,
0: I'm glad you mentioned that Bruce, because I see a lot of people talking online as if access is canceled folks, access is not canceled. Access is different this year. Uh, there's a superstore. There'll be a ton of stuff going on. I know Ryan Fitterman and Fitterman sports have an autograph thing. They're going to be doing. So you'll get to meet some of your favorites like Sean Michaels and what have you, but the panel discussions, man, I've seen some of the lineups that you guys have. I, I, I know that, uh, uh, Seth and Becky are doing one, but I'm like you, I'm pumped about the Paul Heyman one. I'm going to be there, dude. I'll see you there. Okay. Then you go rock on and, uh, have yourself a wonderful week until then. Two night WrestleMania coming up next weekend. Make plans to join us in Dallas. Uh, I'm going to be there night one. The rumor and innuendo is somebody I like is going to be uh, mixing it up with Ronda Rousey. So I can't miss that dude. No, you can't. It's WrestleMania season boys and girls tune in next week. We're talking WrestleMania 2000 and we'll see you next weekend in Dallas. Don't forget supershowlive.com and access is still a thing. Paul Heyman with a microphone. Come on. We'll see you next week in Dallas. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying The Rich
2: Eisen Show. You are so obsessed with betting. I don't need to bet. <laughs> you're adamant <laughs> that you're going to win, and I'm what adamant that they're not like going to win. Why does money have to be you're, exchanged? You're a
1: realist. About? Like, he believes it, you believe it. Why is that? Well, that's no fun in that. It's a conversation that you can have, and then
2: Monday, it's just like, I told you so. I mean, that's the verbal currency. There's nothing fun there. Search for The Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.